Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Now that we're in the thick of summer, you might be looking for wholesome, convenient meals to support sunny, active days. Or you might just be looking for a quick meal to heat up for all the big summer pro wrestling shows that you're going to settle in for and watch at home. Well, Factor is America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit, and they can help you fuel up fast with flavorful and nutritious ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. You'll save time, eat well, and stay on track for reaching your goals. If you're too busy with summer plans to cook but want to make sure you're eating well with Factor, skip that extra trip to the grocery store, the chopping, prepping, and cleaning up, and save money compared to delivery. Plus, you don't have to wait around for it, and it's not greasy, fried stuff that's cold by the time you get it. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are ready in just two minutes, so all you have to do is heat and enjoy and then get back outside to soak up the warm weather or settle in for a good meal while watching wrestling. You can stick to your wellness goals with premium ready-to-eat meals featuring high-quality ingredients. Treat yourself to 34-plus weekly restaurant-quality options like bruschetta shrimp risotto, green goddess chicken, and grilled steakhouse filet mignon ready in just two minutes. There are vegetarian, vegan, and protein-plus options depending on your diet choices. They also feature lunch-to-go options, effortless, wholesome meals like grain bowls and salad toppers that are ready to eat when you're on the go, no microwave required. They also have calorie-smart meals with around or less than 500 calories per serving, but the nutrient density will give you the fuel you need to get through the day. With Factor, you can rest assured you're making a sustainable choice. They offset 100% of their delivery emissions, source 100% renewable electricity for their production sites and offices, and feature sustainably sourced seafood in their meals. So this July, get Factor and enjoy eating well, without the hassle. Simply choose your meals and enjoy fresh, flavor-packed meals delivered to your door, ready in just two minutes. No prep, no mess. I am a customer. I love Factor meals. I enjoy picking the meals out from the selection each week and... Looking forward to trying some new things and having some of my Factor favorites. So head to Factor75.com slash Wade50 or use code Wade50 to get 50% off. That's code Wade50 at Factor75.com slash Wade50 to get 50% off. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? 
In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Now, PW Torch and Spreaker bring you the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Post Show. It's time to talk this week's WWE Friday Night Smackdown on Fox. Well, Jake, that was a lot of star power on one show. <laughs> it's not just hype. Um, Pat McAfee would have been a fun surprise. He's, you know, endeared himself to wrestling fans, some wrestling fans, as the enthusiastic host to SmackDown for a while. And then The Rock shows up, happened to be in the area. Um, and then we had the advertised appearance of John Cena on the Grayson Waller effect. We had uh, Judgment Day over from Raw. Uh, packed show. Um, the Rock appearance, uh, certainly the the headline maker, just in the sense that it wasn't expected. And Rock's comments earlier today saying he was once locked in to be Roman's opponent at WrestleMania 39, which was news to some people in WWE, I'm told, um, is, uh, um, is getting headlines and got him back in the conversation. Uh, what do you think of, of Rock's appearance on SmackDown tonight? I get, the first thing that popped into my head is uh, he must know this strike is going to carry on for a long time if he's uh, going back to WWE. But, uh, <laughs> when Cena and Rock smiled and hugged, I was like, they're just smiling because they got a fallback plan because they're not part, WWE's not part of SAG. Yeah, if, if Batista shows up next week, that thing's going <laughs> to carry on for like a year and a half or something. Yeah, I, uh, yeah. But the, uh, I mean, it was, it was, you know, big appearance. I, I mean, watching The Rock on, you know, Pat McAfee's uh, ESPN show earlier today was a bit surreal in a way because I never know. You know, it always seems like Dwayne is working to an extent. You know, I, I don't know what what he's saying that's the truth and what's what's fiction. You know, he insisted up and down that his Black Adam movie made money, even though, you know, nobody else could verify his figures. And so when he says he's locked in, to be Roman Reigns' opponent uh, at WrestleMania 39, and you know it just didn't quite come together. I, you know, maybe that was something he thought at one point and didn't communicate to anybody else because yeah. it sure didn't didn't seem like uh, didn't seem like that was what WWE thought at least at the you know at that time. But it's it's always fun to see him. He's an electric performer. He he has the crowds in the palm of his hand. Uh, all that was on display tonight the social media reaction was huge the reaction in the building was gigantic so you know anytime they can get access to him it's it's huge to bring him in yeah yeah i mean rock is i mean rock is a mega star on so many different levels but the wrestling ring still feels like home to him um certainly if he's doing it every week he'd be you know more polished but i i didn't think he looked like a guy from the past who lost his fastball 
Um, he was having fun out there. And frankly, Austin Theory, uh, I thought, did a nice job opposite of him. And I mean, I know he took a couple people's elbows and was laid flat on his back. But uh, I think, you know, being chosen to stand opposite of The Rock, uh, not that there were a ton of choices to be in that role, but, you know, it's another moment for Austin Theory, who also had the moment that he breaks incessantly about, which was beating John Cena after a low blow. Um, what do you think of Austin Theory's being chosen and, and the, the job that he did in that situation? I, I, I think he was the right guy for the job in the sense that he got a predictable reaction and he's sort of a buffoonish heel who you would expect, you know, not to understand how, how deep the water he was standing in was at any given moment. And so I, I think it worked and his performance was, you know, was, was fine. It was, you know, he more than lived up to the occasion and, uh, you know, he doesn't lose anything by taking people's elbows from guest stars and he'll be right back out there getting booed next week. I, I think it was, it was good for what it was. Rock didn't say anything storyline wise about the bloodline um is that worth commenting on reading into um does it seem weird or is it better to save that if it's if it's going to become something as opposed to this which felt very very much like a self-contained special unadvertised fun moment for uh for smackdown and and rock and WWE fans I think it was meant to be self-contained. I, I, I would think that if if he's going to be involved in the Bloodline story, he's just got to show up to confront Roman Reigns. I mean, you know, if, if he shows up and confronts Paul Heyman, it'd make for a fun promo, but it's not nearly as as grand of a, of a situation as it would be if he confronted Roman. And if you... If you just have him run into the people involved in that storyline backstage when Roman isn't there on some random episode of SmackDown without an advertised appearance, I, I think it, you know that you have to sort of start answering some of the questions that people are asking about, like why why has he never been mentioned as a part of this family on television? Why has he not cared about his family imploding on WWE television for the better part of three years? You know, I think they just rather you know, leave those questions unanswered until they're ready to tell a full-fledged story with The Rock. Do we know that there isn't... that? Do we know that there's camaraderie with Roman and Rock at this stage? Like, I haven't heard of a lot of a lot going on between the two of them, but maybe I'm forgetting something. No, I mean, other than, you know, Roman making an appearance in that Hobbs and Shaw movie a couple of years ago... Uh, well, several years ago now, yeah. I I can't think of any public interaction between the two that I can that I can recall. Yeah, so I mean, they're just you know they're just part of me that's like, well, I mean, is are they just sort of, yeah, they're family, but um, are they actually like wanting to work together? And I I just don't know. I, I guess it's worth asking around um, a little bit because yeah, I mean, again, you don't want to hint at a big mega match on TV that's not going to happen. But he talked about it. Um, earlier in the day, and he knows it's going to, you know, make headlines. So it's not like he's trying to avoid the topic altogether. So just, yeah, I mean, but it was fun to be self-contained. Uh, frankly, if, if Rock and Roman are best friends and super eager to have a match against each other, um, it's this is probably the best way to go about it, not introduce it yet. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I guess there's just little... In, I, I guess I, I will say I've had little indica- little indications here and there that it might not be um everyone might not be on the same page and i don't know how 
what Rock said today is going to go over with everybody. But obviously, well, I mean, there's there's been a lot of rumors about you know the way the Rock has structured his movie contracts. You know, like famously, he and Vin Diesel had conflicts over the Fast and Furious films because the Rock did not want to physically lose a fight on mm-hmm. on film to anybody. Yeah, and so the idea that you know, that he would come in and just do the clean job to Roman Reigns might have some sticking points, you know? Like, so I, I don't know where they're I, at with that conversation. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think you might be onto something. I'll, ju- I'll just say that. I mean, I don't know. But, I mean, I think you might be onto something. Aaron should be, you know, kind of weird. and But, you know, whatever. I mean, Rock's been very successful um, and is, I mean, even... Even when I interviewed him back in 99 or 2000, I mean, he, you know, like off, at, like before we started the interview formally, he was like, you know, if there's, if I stumble or stammer, please edit it out. Like he was very concerned about like his public image in every way because it was an interview to be transcribed. Um, and, you know, he just, and that's his reputation. He's very much, you know, perfectionist and very image conscious and all that. And you could, I could imagine him being somebody who would, be, I don't want to say he'd come in and, and act like a big shot, but he would come in and have his way that he wants things done and not imagine anyone would say anything about it and just go with it because he's the rock. And, you know, I think there's other people in WB who think they're they'd be they're going to be just fine without him the way business is going. So, yeah, but what I was going to say is no one's going to say no to rock making an appearance with Pat McAfee and doing an angle with, with Austin Theory. Um, the timing of it, you know, the week that the WWE uh, ownership shift got finalized um, could be coincidental, could be not, might have, like you said, more to do with a, with a strike and the proximity of everybody being there. Maybe we'll learn more in uh, in coming days in terms of how this all came together. But it, it, it's making headlines. And, you know, another thing is SmackDown, um, more weeks than not in the last month and a half has been uh, under 2.1 million viewers. And this should um, lead to some sort of a spike. Now, it was not advertised ahead of time, but the whole segment lasted, what, roughly 20 minutes? So there was time for people to hear about it and then tune in and um, and, and see the second half of it, for instance. And so my, my hunch is that'll make a big enough difference, especially with Cena uh, at the end of the show where this will be, you know, a, a show that does very strong numbers. I think they did a good job throughout the show plugging scene on the Grayson Waller effect. But yeah, three out of the last five weeks, they've been under 2.1 million viewers. So, you know, they, they want to turn that around and get things back back up in the, you know, 2, 3, 2, 4 range where they had been pretty consistent. Actually, 2.5 wasn't uncommon either um, this summer. So, um, yeah. Uh, so we'd like to hear from our, our listeners what they thought of Rock's appearance, what you think of the possibility of a rock roman match maybe next year maybe not i mean cody probably has something to say about that uh behind the scenes and the fan base might too let's uh, let's pause and informally introduce ourselves first here this is the wade keller pro wrestling post show for friday september 15th 2023 we're talking smackdown just a few minutes after the show went off the air here live at wadekellerpostshow.com and i'm wade keller the host of the show the editor publisher and founder of the pro wrestling torch newsletter i've been covering professional wrestling as my job for 35 years and it started in high school and uh um, now i'm not only hosting podcasts but still publishing the pro wrestling torch newsletter and uh, publishing news stories and and other stuff on uh, our main website pwtorch.com hope you're checking that out every single day um we certainly update it uh throughout the day every day so check it out if you haven't made a habit of that and uh yeah we do uh our podcasts and our post shows too so search wade keller in your podcast app and subscribe to both the red logo show and the blue logo show they're both free 
The red one is our post shows following Raw, Dynamite, SmackDown, and Collision. And the blue logo show is our main uh, podcast feed, not the the live call-in format we do, uh, but the uh, kind of the regular standard podcast where we cover big topics. Jason Powell from ProWrestling.net was my co-host, as he is every three weeks on the flagship earlier this week. We also published some uh, great interviews, uh, big-name interviews, uh, just really fascinating insights into the wrestling business on a regular basis, too, on our blue logo feed. But we're here to talk SmackDown, and the other voice you hear on the show is Jake Barnett, also from ProWrestling.net. Jake, welcome. Good to have you back in the co-host chair. Thanks, Wade. Always a pleasure. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun, Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We invite you to email the show with feedback or questions or comments. That email address is wadekellerpodcast at pwtorch.com. That's Wade Keller Podcast at PWTorch.com. Also, welcome your feedback on Twitter. You can follow us on Twitter at PWTorch and follow me at The Wade Keller. That's at PWTorch and at The Wade Keller. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Um, so, uh, we want to hear from... You, if you're listening to our show live, um, if you're not, thank you for downloading and stream- or streaming the show. But if you are listening live here, um, just past uh, 10 Eastern, or we probably should say just past 8 Mountain Time, because they're in Denver tonight, uh, we'd like to hear from you. Our phone number is 347-215-8558. That's 347-215-8558. And when you call, push one on your keypad if you want to be part of the show. Um, so again, that's uh, 347-215-8558. And when you call, push one on your keypad to be part of the show. 
We are hoping to hear from uh, Chris, an on-site correspondent who is in the building tonight. Uh, so we'll be on the lookout for him um, once he gets out of the show. But in the meantime, we'd like to hear from you. Another way that you can participate in the show is email us at wadekellerpodcast at pwtorch.com. wadekellerpodcast at pwtorch.com. All right, let's, uh, let's shift to uh, our first caller of the show, Steve from Baltimore. Uh, Steve, good to hear from you. Thanks for calling. Uh, what's in your mind tonight about SmackDown? Hey, how's it going, Wade? Um, I thought it was obviously star-studded show. Um, one thing I noticed, did you guys notice that we saw the cameraman a lot more tonight? Like one even was blocking the rock from going to a spot. And that. Did they start using Endeavor cameraman tonight? <laughs> um, I doubt they changed camera crews, but you're thinking because of the ownership change. Maybe did they did they lay off any camera people tonight, Jake, or earlier today, and all their corporate layoffs? I only saw the high profile ones. I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure. I'm sure there were a number of uh, rank and file employees that ended up getting let go, but no uh, production people that I saw. Yeah, I, I didn't either. I didn't. I didn't notice uh, much in that way. I, what stood out to me is when Rock was doing the this half of the building chant this, the other half chant this. The, the camera the, the director awkwardly only showed the opposite hard cam view so we never saw the fans doing the second half of the chant because that's the hard cam view which is not camera friendly because you got this big area tarped off it's often not full I didn't look up uh, what the attendance was tonight maybe we'll hear from our inside correspondent about that but it just felt weird that they never went to kind of a wide enough shot that would show at least some fans in that section um, chanting that so that that maybe rock was just you know maybe rock needs to go to NXT Jake to learn about the hard cam what do you think <laughs> yeah, I, I think it was pretty close to a sellout from what I saw, but yeah. I, I have no idea why they made those choices with uh, with the camera work there. I was more distracted by the fact that they, they censored about 90% of the audio for about two minutes on the show. That was another thing, um, probably even more, you know, a bigger deal than uh, than the camera angle, which probably not too many people, you know, were thinking about. But yeah, they, they because of the asshole chant, they can't hear that on Fox. And so, so much uh, got bleeped. There were times where they were pausing. You know, which you know, where they didn't talk, but there are other times where they were talking, including the backstage segment, where whatever they were saying got largely, um, largely muted, which was a little bit awkward. Uh, uh, Steve, back to you. Yeah, um, yeah I, I didn't really think they started using it ever, but it seemed like they were just very much in the way tonight in ways you don't usually see cameramen in the shots. I haven't ever seen that before in WWE, but. Uh, I also noted that The Rock didn't make any comments about Roman Reigns, and I, I think that you're right. It's not something that uh, he's going to bring up until it's time. But uh, the final segment with John Cena not talking, where do you think that Cena's future, immediate future lies? Yeah, a lot of moving parts, Jake, with John Cena two weeks ago. You know, I, I was asking around, like, you know, what's what's John Cena going to do when he comes back? Who's, who's his opponent going to be? And Jimmy Uso came out. Um, it's been a weird you know, month for Jimmy Uso, you know, Jay, I don't want you to become like Roman. And then like, suddenly Jimmy's like, I want to be back under the auspices of Roman. Um, I, I don't quite get what's going on with his character other than Jimmy seems to be the choice to be a John Cena opponent, but you got AJ Styles in the mix. You got judgment day at ringside. You've got both Jay and Jimmy being recruited. You've got Roman on, at least on cell phone with Paul Heyman. You got Solo Sokoa going into business for himself, which the tribal chief may not approve of certainly Heyman is distressed over it there's so many moving parts and heck even you know I mean the lashing the street profits are kind of doing their own thing but they're you know another faction a formidable faction um 
But as far as Cena goes, I mean, it seems like, you know, Jimmy Uso's up first. Where, where do you think this is all playing out? And what do you think about the way they're telling the story right now, Jake? Does it feel master planned or, or are they winging it? It feels more like they're winging it than any other period in, in the bloodline saga so far, at least, you know, to my, uh, you know, to my amateur uh, analysis opinion. But I, I think the, the immediate issue seems to be, you know, solo and Jimmy, um, you know, disobey or, you know, not waiting for orders from Roman before acting on the issues that, uh, the, you know, the bloodline are having with, uh, you know, with, with John Cena, with Judgment Day, with AJ Styles and others. And that's what Paul Heyman seems to be really concerned about is that, you know, nobody is consulting Roman, uh, even in his absence for, for what's going on. And so I, I assume, you know, at the next pay-per-view coming up in, in a few weeks, uh, we'll, we'll see a tag match most likely. And then if Roman is set to return, you know, heading, as they get closer to the the show in Saudi Arabia or Survivor Series, uh, then he can start to address you know what's been going on in his absence and sort of pick back up with the the meat of the bloodline story. A lot of this just sort of feels like they're filling time. If I'm being yeah. completely honest, yeah. Uh, Steve, anything else you want to bring up? When we finally get the U.S. title match, do you think the LWO remains intact afterwards, or are we going to see one of those guys turn on the other? I thought they did a nice job with Ray going, oh, after all I've been through, you want a title match? And looking like he was offended by it, only to reveal he's not at all offended by it. And Santos Escobar just being like, ah, you got me there. I, I they, they, the, the hints of dissension in a breakup have been either, super, either subtle and intentional or unintentional, and we're just reading into them. Uh, Jake, what do you think the timing of, of this is going to be in terms of it playing out? I, I guess the... I, I would think we see this play out over the next few months. You know, I, I whatever is going on with the LWO, I mean, they may accelerate the story and, and you know, kind of pay it off immediately at the next show. Uh, but I, I'm guessing maybe Survivor Series may be the target. Uh, but I, I am thinking we're going to see Santos Escobar, you know, lose that first match. And then, you know, his, his frustration boils over and we eventually see a heel turn. But I, I'm not anticipating it happening, you know, in, in the immediate short term. And Escobar was so recently a heel. Uh, Legado del Fantasma as a group was that you'd want them to be solidified as a fit, as as being cheered and being baby faces for a while before you turn them. Otherwise it makes Ray seem, I don't know. I mean, it, I, I know it, I think they've done a good job having building up what feels like genuine camaraderie and chemistry with Escobar and Ray, but you don't want the turn to happen so fast that Ray seems like he, he was naive because of him, his choice to ignore what Legato del Fantasma were like before, um, you know, they started, working together so to me the longer they go the better to a degree so it it, it seems like it has a chance to kind of um solidify the the idea that ever because everyone's just waiting around at first for escobar to turn and now i think that subsided quite a bit um with a casual viewer they're like no this just seems like a genuine you know connection that these people have and you want to get to that stage before escobar turns so they're kind of there now you just want to play it out in a sensible way for, like you said, Jake, maybe a couple months before it happens. And yeah, if Escobar comes up short, there's room for, hopefully we don't get the the overblown coincidental in, uh, miscue mis that leads to tension. Hopefully they come up with something better than that. Um, but yeah, so far, I mean, I think 
it's it's felt earnest and and well done overall vip sale alert we're running a sale going into all in and all out as we conclude the summer and you can get nine dollars off any vip subscription which brings a one month subscription down to just 99 cents just go to pwtorch.com slash go vip choose a traditional vip membership so don't do a patreon membership because a coupon code does not work on patreon and you have a choice between three coupon codes if you think mjf is going to come out of all in as a heel use coupon code mjf if you think Adam Cole is going to come out of the uh, all-in event as a heel, choose coupon code COLE, C-O-L-E. But if you think they're going to remain friends coming out of all-in, then use coupon code FRIENDS. So the choices are MJF, FRIENDS, or COLE. And when you enter that coupon code, it'll activate $9 off a one-month, three-month, or one-year subscription. Again, it's a grand total of $9 off, so it'll bring a, a year subscription down to uh, $90 or a one-month sub down to $0.99. Cents. PWTorch.com slash GoVIP. That will include our all-in post-event VIP-exclusive roundtable on Sunday. It'll include the all-out post-event roundtable a week from this weekend. And you can also catch up on our VIP-exclusive SummerSlam Roundtable. Plus, you get all our free shows with the ads and plugs removed and a ton of other content. And that also includes my 40-minute Keller conversation, VIP-exclusive, with Sean Waltman this week talking about Terry Funk, who he wrestled 10 years ago, by the way, at an indie show and uh, also uh, was uh, on shows with him early in his career and grew up a fan of his. So again, that's pwtorch.com slash govip. And then enter coupon code MJF if you think he's turning heel. Cole, if you think he's turning heel, or friends, if you think they stay friends. Uh, Steve, anything else? With uh, the judge of the day recruiting both Uso brothers, do you think we're potentially setting up Survivor Series match with them against the bloodline? Yeah, I mean, the announcers keep saying, we don't know how this all shakes out. What does this all mean? As they showed the video clips of all the moving parts last week and then again this week. Um, Jake, what, what does this look like it's shaping up to be? I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we if we see Jimmy and Jay Uso on opposite ends of a Survivor Series match, you know, whether that's War Games or or something else. I mean, that that seems like a destination that you could plan out from here. Whether you know they're still recruiting Jay Uso for Judgment Day, or he reluctantly agrees to take part in the match to get back at his you know his bloodline, you know. Uh, family is is another thing entirely. I guess I don't you know really know what the long term plan is for Jay right now. We've only had a sort of a couple of weeks in this uh, in this experiment over on Raw to really kind of get a feel for where he's going. But yeah, I, I would think that 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 may be part of uh, of that you know destination. But I I can't say that for certain. It's you know there's there's also you know enough evidence that you could say that you know there could be some sort of temporary alliance happening between Judgment Day and uh, and the Bloodline in the yeah. short term too. Yeah, I mean if if Jimmy and or Jay align with Judgment Day on a even a temporary trial basis, and then you end up, I'm trying to think of like you know how big the team, you know who all would participate. But if you because Roman wouldn't necessarily have to be in the match uh, for it to work in a way it might work better if it's you know solo and the usos and priest and balor and or dom um teaming up and then you know you tell the storyline of you know who is is solo you know who's solo is solo going to be someone who can work with anyone else even the usos for that matter um 
And do Jimmy and Jay coexist? I mean, there's, again, we talk about, it's, it sounds like redundant to say so many moving parts, but really there would be going into a, a situation like that it, with Judgment Day trying to recruit the Usos, but, um, you know, Jay being very divorced from Bloodline, but not necessarily Judgment Day, and Jimmy being courted also by Judgment Day. Yeah, I mean, it just could go so many different directions. So hopefully they're not winging it in a way where it won't make sense. Uh, but I think there's a lot that they can play with here, Steve, that can fill TV time and, and culminate in, in a big match, again, perhaps at Survivor Series, which is certainly circled. And, you know, Roman's likely wrestling at the, uh, uh, reportedly wrestling at the next Saudi Arabia event too. Uh, Steve, what else for us? That's all I had tonight. Thank you very much. Great. Uh, thanks for calling, Steve. Good to hear from you. Um, yeah, so, you know, any thoughts on on Roman Jake wrestling um, at on the November fourth event in Saudi Arabia? I'm I'm assuming you know just given the nature of those shows and and how much money they bring in for WWE and the fact that they typically try to have as much star power as possible present on those shows. I'd I'd be surprised if Roman wasn't there. You know, what capacity he's working in, I'm I'm not quite sure. You know, they they seem to be sort of hinting at the possibility that LA Knight could yeah. be a challenger. Yeah. And so maybe the Saudi show is a, is a good place for that. I I don't really know. LA Knight could earn more money in one night working that that match than he's earned in any two-year period probably in his entire career leading up to that moment um it won't shock me you know i mean the paydays for those events are, are pretty good although who knows how tko uh and endeavor change that if they you know who knows i mean there's so many question marks as as far as that goes um and, yeah i don't yeah. think uh I, I think their wwe is probably still locked into that deal for several years now whether or not tko would choose to renew it is another thing altogether yeah i was thinking more along the lines of how does the money get distributed to wrestlers um you know, do do they oh, change sure. the, yeah. change the distribution of money? You know, to that. you're paying that you're paying these people that much. What leverage do they have? Where we have to pay them that much? Let's slice that in half and make more money. Who knows um, how how they approach things? But certainly, you know, their track record, Endeavor's track record um, with Saudi Arabia is more encouraging. But um, you know, when UFC got purchased, uh, fighters didn't benefit um, in in many ways. As Todd Martin, uh, who covers MMA along, along with pro wrestling, has gotten into on his uh, VIP show, The Fix, in recent weeks. Okay, our phone number is 347-215-8558. Give us a call and push 1 on your keypad if you're interested in being part of the conversation tonight. I want to go to another topic on uh, or another email on Rock here. This is Zach in Texas who said, Gentlemen, I certainly didn't expect to see on Twitter that Rock was back. After watching, so there's someone who was heard on Twitter and tuned in. After watching the segment, I got to say, I enjoyed it. I always love The Rock roasting someone, and I don't really care for Austin Theory anyway. That said, I still see two major problems with his appearance. First, extreme part-timers like The Rock and John Cena coming back and not being invested in having an actual meaningful run, even a short one, ultimately does nothing for the current talent because they wind up just being hapless foils. Secondly, after his interview today and his appearance tonight, it feels like The Rock versus Roman at Mania is a strong possibility. Does that mean Cody Rhodes is SOL on finishing the story and Roman would still be champion coming out of Mania, which would be ridiculous at this point? Rock's return felt good in the moment, but could be a long-term problem. Um, yeah, I mean, of course. I, 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 don't, I don't think Rock reigns is the most likely scenario for next year's WrestleMania. And I... My my guess um, is that Rock did this without 
any consultation with WWE. Um, and there, there, there might be even be consternation, you know, like, oh, Rock's putting his name out there, and now people are going to want that, but we have plans for Cody. It's, but again, I'm, I'm leaving open the possibility because this is all fresh today, and I haven't checked around enough. Maybe that would be definitely super excited about this and like, screw Cody, we got The Rock. But I don't, I just haven't sensed that. I didn't sense that, you know, last year leading into Mania, um, that they were, you know, lamenting not having The Rock. I think they like how Cody has worked out and getting to Zach's point. I think they like full-time people being in that situation. And, and he, and, you know, Cody's someone that they can count on for what TKO and Endeavor have said they want to do more of, which is expand the live event uh, schedule also. Cody's going to be there. Rock isn't. As Zach says, Rock and Cena aren't going to be. Um, what, what do you think about that, Jake? Uh, the pros and cons of, of uh, going with Cody versus The Rock, given the totality of where WWE is right now and how popular Cody is. Well, if I'm Cody, I'm probably actively trying to negotiate the end to the writers and SAG strike. Uh, <laughs> yeah. If I know anybody who can get me on the phone, but uh, I, I guess if you know, if I were in WWE's position and I had already recorded record ticket sales at extremely high ticket prices for WrestleMania in Philadelphia without anybody advertised for the show. I wouldn't think I was in a position where I absolutely needed to cave into whatever the rocks demands are to put him on that show. You know, is it, is it great if he could work the show? Certainly. I mean, it's, you know, a rock appearance is, is certainly better than not having him there, but I don't know if I would shove aside all of my long-term plans in order to make it happen either. You know, I, I think the company is doing very good business right now. Uh, and, you know, The Rock making surprise appearances and popping ratings and drawing attention to the to the company is, is all good. But, uh, you know, I, I I think they have higher aspirations for some of their full time talent at this point than to shove them all aside to, to book celebrities at WrestleMania. And I, I could be wrong, but I, I, you know, unless it just falls into their lap and, you know, The Rock is willing to do what they want him to do and, and, and all those things, I, I wouldn't shove aside Cody if they if they actually think that he could be a long term star for the company going forward several years. Yeah. Yep. I I'm nodding along um, as you talk there, Jake. I, I I wouldn't blow things up for him, but I mean, it's not it's you know, it's going to be it's going to be big either way for business, which, whichever approach they take. Um but yeah, Cody might be definitely um, trying to get the writer's strike um, uh, settled. Maybe he can be the hero um, that brings the two sides together. Uh, all right, uh, Azan uh, emails and says, uh, good evening, Wade and Jake. Tonight's SmackDown felt right out of the golden era of 2002. Uh, first, first question, as I, first comment, I, as I watched the LWO promo tonight, I wondered what if Ray turned heel instead of Santos? You could have a storyline where Ray is jealous of the younger guy taking his place. What do you think about that idea? Hey, Ray and uh, Dominic could could team up again then as 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 heels. Ray could admit that he was an absentee father, and Dom was right all along too. Yeah, if the end of the if the outcome is that Ray admits he was a dirtbag the entire time, <laughs> that would be the most hilarious <laughs> possible timeline to exist in. But uh, <laughs> I I think Santos is just a much more effective heel than he is a babyface. If I'm being honest, and he appeared on the main roster as a heel when he first showed up and they just never really pushed him. And so I'm, 
I'm kind of hoping they wheel back around to that eventually and they really give him a consistent push as a heel. Because not only is he, you know, a strong worker, but he's articulate and uh, and, and can deliver on the microphone as well. And so I, I think he's he's sort of custom made to be that level of a heel for them in that in that portion of the mid card where I think he would thrive at least at first. And so I I really don't see them completely upsetting the apple cart and turning Ray uh, heel, you know, a legend who has spent basically his entire career as a baby face now, especially because he's still, you know, I, I mean, as much as Ray has improved, I, I think Santos might still be better on the microphone. And so I think he yeah. would be the one carrying that feud uh, if and when it happens. And so I'd, I'd rather have Santos being the heel at that point than Ray. I, I would too, for sure. And I just think it's too late in Ray's career. For him to, you know, go be a heel. It's like, no one's going to buy that he's a bad guy. And, you know, just like they weren't buying that Edge was a bad guy. It would just seem like he's playing a role, you know, as a performance. And that's not what fans want. Plus, Ray is just, I mean, people, they're still kids and, and adults, but who just buy tickets just to see Ray. And you just don't mess with that, especially because, as you point out, Escobar is just a better heel. Um, he also says wrestling pundits and journalists underestimate Pretty Deadly's ability to be a real money draw for WWE in the near future. I get it. They're co- a comedy act, but so was Sami Zayn just a few short years ago. The work they have done in NXT shows they are capable of working with anyone. Well, I don't know who he's listening to or referring to as in generic wrestling pundits and journalists, but um, I, I I'm think Pretty Deadly are, are uh, super talented, and I would not say that they are um, just... Yeah, I, I just, I don't, I don't think that they're just going to be lower card comedy acts. I think there's more talent there. There's a possibility that you know they get kind of uh, defined in a certain way that limits them, but there, there's enough talent in the ring, and and I just think they they kind of leap off the screen in terms of uh, being a memorable act. They're bombastic, but they're credible enough in the ring uh, to not just seem like they're going to be the the Matt Menard and Angela Parker of uh, of WWE. Searching for more great pro wrestling talk? Then join me, Jason Powell, host of the free weekly Pro Wrestling Boom podcast. Each week, you'll hear the latest news and analysis from me and my team at ProWrestling.net along with other pro wrestling media members. Plus, the Pro Wrestling Boom podcast features long-form interviews with notable names in the pro wrestling industry. Subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Downcast, and all your favorite secondary apps, or visit us directly at PWBoom.com. Once again, that's PWBoom.com. Jake, where are you? I'm really high on Pretty Deadly. I, I think they, you know, they have a high ceiling. Um, I, you know, there there is that typecasting risk of sorts to where they're fun and they're, you know, they're sort of obnoxious and bombastic, as you said, and you, you can get sort of shoveled into a role to where people never really take you seriously as a result of something like that. And so maybe there's a, a little wrinkle that they can add to their act that would push through that. Maybe like a, you know, most of the time they're they're when they're cool and collected, they're you know they kind of maintain this friendly exterior. But there's also sort of a viciousness about them when they're close to achieving one of their goals. You know, I I think they're just missing a little bit of that additional characterization that makes them feel a bit more three dimensional than they do now. 
Yep. Uh, Zon also says my final point of the night was with major star power on SmackDown. The lack of ca- was the lack of camera grimes of carrying Cross. Do you think it'd be best for WWE to send those two back down to NXT like they're doing with Butch and Mustafa Ali right now? Um, I mean, if you have a chance to have Rock and Cena on your show, even if there's some negatives, even as Zach pointed out, um, you do it. You don't put Cameron Grimes and Karrion Cross of all people, um, on other place or lament that they're not there. But there are, he's not wrong. There are some people who get pushed off the show when somebody like Rock and when Cena becomes available. Is What do you think just specifically about Cameron and Cross, but even more broadly about where we are now with the, with the pros and cons of, of Rock and Cena getting the TV time they're getting? Obviously, Rock sharing time with Theory, uh, Cena sharing screen time with Grayson and with Jimmy. It's not like they're just in some self-contained bubble eating up TV time. They are, in a, in a sense, in theory at least, giving a rub to uh, the people that they're sharing screen time with. Yeah, I I think they're doing everything within their power to keep the momentum. Uh, you know, there, there's quite a bit of positive momentum for WWE publicly right now. Their attendance is way up. Uh, they're you know at least up until very recently, their ratings were very strong. Uh, they're in, they're in the midst of television negotiations. I, I think they're going to use every possible you know trick that they can pull out of their bag to try and you know continue to give the impression that they are an incredibly hot brand and a destination for people to watch and if that means you know moving Karrion Cross and Cameron Grimes two relatively ineffective television characters off screen for a couple weeks I I don't think they're going to think twice about stuff like that yeah yep um agree all right um Jake the uh um the interaction with Cena and Grayson, um, is that to me? Grayson Waller right now has cemented himself pretty quickly as a really good talker who can do a really good version of a talk show. Is he getting a rub that can lead to something other than him being like a mid card talk show guy? Um, you know, I mean, he is a little bit older. Well, he's you know, handful of years older than us in theory. And ring work wise, he's okay, but it's not like oh, just wait till you see him get in the ring. It's not like that kind of thing. Um, what what tra- what is his trajectory right now, and, and is it a really good trajectory for him, or is it a little off uh, a, a more ideal course? I mean, I, I guess in, until you know he can really go out there and have convincing main event style WWE matches. Um, I'm. I'm guessing you know the mid card is where he'll stay, uh, but I I don't think that's necessarily a bad place to be. I, I think he's got enough talent, uh, you know, especially on the microphone with the talk show. And the more comfortable he gets there, and the more effective he gets there, you know, the the greater his chances are of of breaking through to that next level. But I, I think he's a guy who's at least proven that he can carry segments and not look out of place with big stars and that's enough to keep you employed and working at wwe for a long time and i think you'd have to call that a success yeah yeah um so uh year two from now is is waller like a top six or i should say like a top six star in people talk about him being in pay-per-view main events or is it is he more of a top of the second tier level guy i i, I see him being at at the top of that second tier, but I, I wouldn't completely rule out him having runs, you know, in in that top tier 
if he becomes a lot more effective on the microphone. I think he's grown, you know, pretty dramatically since the draft. You know, those first two or three episodes of the Grayson Waller effect were pretty bland. And I think he's cut loose a little bit, started leaning more into his heel persona, injecting more of that into the talk show. And it's become a better watch as a result of it. And so as long as he continues on, on that trajectory, I think he'll be able to talk himself into feuds, you know, that are further up the car than you might expect not too long from now. Yeah. Yeah. I want to go back to uh, LA Knight and the possibility of him. Cause you know, Azan's bringing up are some of the wrestlers getting pushed off the page. Cameron Grimes, I think his push has been a bit of a mess and lack direction. Karrion Cross is not someone that I think you you worry too much about for a variety of reasons in terms of whether, you know, I mean, he's, if, he's a utility guy if you need him, but no big deal. But LA Knight's super mega over. Um, he, you know, has his obligatory one botched move per match. That happened again uh, today as he's flipping out of um, a Miz move and he was supposed to land on his feet and he just fell on his face and shoulder and Cole's like, good thing he didn't get hurt there. Uh, but that's not a reason not to try to get something out of him. Is LA Knight against Roman Reigns the right thing to do in a Saudi Arabia, the right place for it? Or is that sort of just, I assume if that happens, Reigns just wins. And then you've given fans what they're longing for, uh, what they're craving, but it's over almost before it starts. And then suddenly you got to move on to other things. But you can make the argument that's the right thing to do because you don't want LA Knight to be to Cody what Daniel Bryan was to Batista either. You just want to give fans what they want and then kind of have closure and move on at the beginning of next year with building Cody Reigns. Yeah, I guess I've and I've kind of been tempering my expectations for LA Knight for a while now. And so maybe I'm not as convinced that he's the next big thing as a lot of people are. He's He's kind of one note, uh, and his matches are not technical masterpieces in any way, shape, or form. And so I've just never seen him as a guy that WWE is going to hand the ball and let him try to carry the company. You know, he's he's getting fantastic reactions. People love his shtick. Uh, I just don't know what the expiration date is on those kinds of reactions because, you know, people do tend to wear that stuff out after a time. Now, you know, could I be wrong and could, you know, he stick around and be at the top for years to come? Yeah, of course. I mean, there's always that possibility. But I think if they have plans to do bigger things at WrestleMania and they want to avoid, you know, some kind of L.A. Knight revolt coming out of the <laughs> Royal Rumble or something, then give him give him the shot at uh, Survivor Series or give him the shot at in Saudi Arabia or whatever they plan on doing because that would at least you know give people uh, a you know a sense that LA Knight is, has gone on a journey and done something. What have you thought of LA Knight over the years and and relative to now what's happening with him? Did did you always think in the back of your mind this could be you know he'd be I always thought he was he'd be a good fit for WWE thought he'd be you know a Miz Grayson Waller I'm trying to think who else. Austin Theory type, you know, a guy who comes in, a lot of bombast with his mouth, um, not great in the ring. Uh, everybody I listed as different ring aptitude, but they're not known for that. You know, it's not a, a Will Ospreay or, you know, Pac type situation where it's like, well, you know, if they can talk, that's a bonus. Um, what have you thought of, of LA Net over the years as Eli, you know, going back to the Eli Drake days? I've, I've kind of thought similar things. You know, I, I've never thought he was 
you know, a, a great technical worker, but I've always enjoyed his work on the microphone. I think he's a strong personality. He always felt like he would be a good fit in, in WWE where your personality can carry you a lot farther than it might in other promotions that really depend on strong matches and work rate to carry the show. And and so I think he's in the right place. Uh, you know, it's just a matter of will, you know, the company see him as, as a guy who can carry the uh, you know one of their television brands for you know for a short time or or you know even in the long term and i just i i don't have the answer to that you know it, it also sounds like he's sort of in the midst of uh of of contentious contract negotiations and that may complicate things as well so i i, I really don't know what the end game is for Ellie Knight i i like him as a character uh but i he just never rang to me as a guy who who would stay on the top for long periods of time i think he's you know he's another yes. one of those top of the second tier occasionally cracking into the main event picture kind of guys yep i'm i'm with you on all of that on all of that um okay we mentioned earlier bobby lashley and the street profits uh, did it seem to you they were hedging on whether they're going to be heels in recent weeks because of the crowd response and did that get answered tonight that they're definitely heels yeah, I think so. I, you know, and I, I think that's the right call. They, you know, Lashley and the Prophets being menacing heels is more interesting than having another babyface faction running around on on SmackDown. You know, the club are kind of babyfaces, I guess. You got the Brawling Brutes and Sheamus. They're a babyface faction. You got the LWO currently aligned as a babyface faction. And so I, I think the the profits and and Bobby ending up as heels is is probably the right call, you know. And you know they, they have a lot of factions going on in WWE, and they're even starting to acknowledge, uh, you know, the struggles going on between all of them. You know, the LWO, Brawling Brutes, the Club, uh, Lashley and the Profits, Judgment Day, the Bloodline. You know, it's it's, it's almost AEW like in its proliferation at this point. Yes, yes. Um, do the Profits should the Profits tone down especially montez ford the way that he's presented himself and have a almost have people go i can't believe this is the same guy or should he dial it up and just lean into it being obnoxious and grading and you know tweak it a bit so that's the persona he has what do you think is a better approach for what now seems like a solid direction you know i know bobby's gonna get cheered in Colorado, especially, but um, in general, you know, you go opposite, you, you, you badmouth baby faces. That means you're 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 meant to be booed. How should this? And frankly, should Bobby change the way he does things too? He's not going to not dress perfectly. I mean, you know, dress at a high level because that's that's him. But are there things that that the prophets and Lashy should be doing to try to get booed and to solidify that this is sort of a new era, especially for the prophets? I. You know, I think they're just sort of slowly getting to where they're where they're what their landing place is with them. That they probably should stop smiling and hyping up the crowd as much as they do. Um, you know, stop going for the you know the the high spots in the ring. You know, I, I know that they use them as a part of their tag team arsenal, and some of that's unavoidable. Uh, but you know, they, they they certainly go for the same some of the same high spots that they use as baby faces, and so maybe they should work some of that out of their act and, and try to find new ways to to get some heat. Um, 
you know, and uh, take shortcuts. You know, all, all the typical heel tactics would apply here. And I think you know, with Bobby, he's always, you know, as a as a heel uh, or a babyface, he always, you know, has a tendency to smile during promos, <laughs> even when he doesn't intend to. Yes. <laughs> and so, if he could sort of work that tick out of his uh, out of his system, that would be ideal as well. But I, I think they're going to be taken seriously either way. You know, they carry themselves well. It's just maybe some of the you know, cutting out some of those mannerisms that they used as baby faces would, would go a long ways. Thanks for downloading today's show. Take it to the next level with a VIP membership. Get shows like this, the Wade Keller Pro Sync Podcast, Wade Keller Pro Sync Post Show, and the PW Torch Daily Casts on our PW Torch VIP podcast feed with ads and plugs removed from the shows for a streamlined listening experience. And also hear the VIP exclusive shows that I host with Rich Fan and Todd Martin. Everything with Rich Fan and The Fix with Todd Martin's signature VIP series that you're missing out without a VIP membership. So go VIP here in 2022 and enjoy all the benefits, all the bonus content, and the ad-free listening experience. PWTorch.com slash go VIP. On the uh, by the way, we don't have anyone hold. So if you want to be on the show, call or push one. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. Get your thoughts on on Rock and Cena or uh, WrestleMania next year. Do you want to see Reigns? Do you want to see Cody? Any of that stuff. Three four seven two one five eight five five eight is the number, and then push one, uh, and you can be on the show. Or you can email us Wade Keller Podcast at pwtorch.com. We're still hoping to hear from Chris uh, on site tonight in denver but in the meantime um i want to shift to the women's division jake um oscar and bailey tonight not a ton to the match um it was you know a way to it was a backdrop to hype eo sky and oscar next week and also a, a vehicle to elevate the bailey shotzi feud um first what do you think of oscar challenging eo sky and the role that she that that Oscar's in, leading all the way up to the fist bump with uh, with Shotzi that took so long they almost cut away before they got to it because Oscar milked the moment so much. Um, so yeah, what do you what do you think of uh, of, of the the Sky Oscar title match being used as a way to have a a serviceable main event on SmackDown because they're always you know trying to plan ahead and figure out what are we gonna headline shows with they got 52 smackdowns a year to headline today they got away with a john cena talk show segment um it, next week might be the women's match unless they put one you know the, the the ray match or something else on top instead um so yeah your, your thoughts on on the women's angle on smackdown i mean it was kind of goofy the it, i in the match itself was was just kind of there I, I i didn't really think it got out of second gear it was fine for what it was uh but it had the long commercial break in the middle of it and uh i think it only ended up going like eight or nine minutes and so it didn't end up being particularly uh long but the uh the shotzi interference you could kind of tell it was coming because the crowd popped as she walked to ringside and and then so you had the crowd popping and you weren't exactly sure why and then shotzi pops up like a like you know like a jump scare moment on the outside to uh, to freak out uh, Bailey and uh, and that got, that got a decent reaction, but then they kind of goofed up the finish with the uh, you know with, with the backslide at the end and, and Bailey kind of not being right into position for it, and so it it, it kind of came across a, a bit awkwardly there. But I just in terms of the overall 
angle. Uh, I'm not quite sure what they're doing with Shotzi because she got her, she was, you know, she got the haircut. She, you know, changed up the persona a little bit. And, and then it seemed like she was doing, you know, some kind of, you know, had a mental break doing some kind of horror character. And now she's just sort of like the friendly horror movie villain. <laughs> like it's very, it's very strange, you know, that she just gets along with other talent and, uh, you know, is bumping fists with the baby faces and, and, and things like that, despite, you know, going through what she did. And so I'm I'm very confused by that. It doesn't really feel like her angle with Bailey is going anywhere. I guess the one bright spot is that I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing what EO and Oscar uh, can put together next week. Yeah. I think they're two extremely quality talents in the ring. Uh, they haven't really had a chance to do anything on the microphone. And, and you know, it doesn't seem like WWE is... Uh, it is big on giving them mic time anyway, but hopefully they can put together a satisfactory, you know, video package with some sit down interviews or something before they get to the main event next week and, and have that match. Cause I think it deserves a little bit of promotion at least. Yeah. I, I'm looking forward to the match. I think Sky and Oscar are going to want to put on a good match. I don't know how much longer Oscar is going to want to be a full-time wrestler for WWE. And this, you know, might be a chance to have a, a you know, one more big match where, they can put something special together in the ring. Um, and obviously the pieces are in place with Asuka and Shotzi doing the fist bump for a tag match also to come out of this uh, besides, uh, you know, maybe after the title match. And that gets them another SmackDown main event before they get to Shotzi and Bailey one-on-one because then Bailey can just be scared of Shotzi during the tag match too. So it's, they can pace this in, in different ways. Um, it's not the most, you know, robust women's scene tonight on SmackDown. Uh, but, you know, they've got other things going in, in other areas. But, um, you know, at least at least they gave it some TV time uh, in anticipation of the title match next week. Um, back to the top of the show. Pat McAfee was always scheduled to be on the show, by the way. The Rock thing was pretty, like, recent-headed, a recent addition. Um, it sounds like Nick Khan, you know, and he's tight with Rock, probably orchestrated that at the last second. But um, McAfee coming back, you know, Michael Cole acts surprised. Sometimes maybe he is genuinely surprised by it. Um, where, where do you think McAfee is with the fan base? I talked, you know, at the beginning beginning of the show a little bit that he, he endeared himself to the fan base because he was so into the product and it seemed genuine. Um, I think for the most part it is. I mean, there's a little em- embellishing and performative enthusiasm that probably kicked in, but it's also McAfee's personality. But do you like the idea of McAfee showing up every now and then uh, just, you know, when they're in the area or for whatever reason, Um, or is it like for you personally, not something you want to watch on TV when you've got a two hour wrestling show um, to to watch McAfee uh, talk for several minutes? No, I think, you know, special appearances are fine. Yeah. I, I guess he, you know, he built up enough cachet with the wrestling audience, you know, where people get excited when he makes a makes a return. You know, he got the same kind of reaction when he returned at the Royal Rumble. And so, yeah, I, I think it's fairly harmless. You know, it's it's one of those things where it was, a, you know, tonight it ended up being a setup for The Rock. And I, I don't know what it would have been had The Rock not been there. You know, I, if we were talking about, you know, 17-minute McAfee and Theory talking segment, I might have a much different, you know, response to it if that was the original plan. But, uh, you know, he he seems to genuinely have a good time when he's out there. And, uh, you know, that that sort of 
joy is infectious in a way. You know, they they've managed to get a couple of his facial expressions and little dances he was doing during the Rocks promo and yes. and, and and whatnot. And that was you know that was fun to watch. And so I I, I generally enjoy McAfee's appearances, but I, I guess you know I, I wouldn't necessarily bring him in to do 15 20 minute promos by himself that's for sure yeah yeah um i want to step away for a moment from smackdown in particular because it was a big story this week uh you know my, my lead sentence in the processing torture newsletter cover story was vince mcmahon has a boss um who's not his dad first time he's had a boss since taking over uh wwf you know 40 years ago um we didn't did you notice anything tonight other than you know Maybe the rock appearance wouldn't have happened, but I mean, they were going to be in Denver and McAfee and rock might've done a podcast. Maybe, maybe not. Um, but anything different about, about the show? And do you expect anything different about the on-air product based on everything that has been said and that we've learned about um, how, how the, the, the new ownership structure is set up? Or do you think in my reporting and others reporting is Paul of in good standing that, current power the current power base are emmanuel uh shapiro khan they all like paul Levesque. um i think there's more leeriness about mcmahon but you know mcmahon gets maligned for meddling because of the timing and how disruptive it is and on occasion um some of his quirks booking wise certainly work their way into the show when he's being more active but i hear you know a reasonably large percentage of the time also that when he looks at the final draft of things his suggestions are good that a fresh set of eyes on the script uh in the format helps sometimes he asks good questions and the suggestions he make people go yeah that that makes sense let's switch that up or let's let's not lean as hard into that or let's take this person out of the segment or add this person into something um so you know if that's the role he plays i think he'd stay in a position of power but if he i think if he goes pushes things too far or his scandals and legal issues uh get too big He's now in less of a power position than ever, uh, other than maybe for a short time after he resigned a, a little over a year ago, um, to have to be reined in. And and I'm fascinated by the possibility of that happening. And, you know, we're not going to get any public statements from Emmanuel or Shapiro or Khan or anything about, you know, well, now that Vince isn't the ultimate, the ultimate guy at the top, um, we're going to keep him in check. But they might keep him in check. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of, you know, hitting a few talking points from this week. But I want to get your thoughts on that, Jake, um, and uh, what, what you think about the ownership change and what, what fans and, uh, um, you know, on the business side, people can expect. And we'll get into the, uh, the layoffs in a moment. Well, I, I don't think, you know, the Endeavor, Ari Emanuel team went into this situation with blinders on you know they know who vince mcmahon is uh they know all of the machinations that went on in the background of wwe in you know the final months before you know vince announced his intention to seek a sale and so you know his legal issues the fact that the previous wwe board did not think it was in the best interest of the company to bring him back in um you know all of the uh 
uh, you know, the the issues that that happened around, uh, you know, all of the women that he you know, allegedly paid off, possibly for criminal behavior. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of things surrounding Vince McMahon that are that are a black cloud and none of them have materialized in a way that have had consequences for him or the company yet. But that doesn't mean that that can't happen. And, you know, he he pushed for this. He, he pushed his way back in. Uh-huh to the company he he did not want to you know to to leave the company in the control of nick khan and his daughter and 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 uh, paul and and the rest of that previous executive team and so you know he's put himself into a position now where he is not the majority owner of this company and nobody in his family has the authority to uh you know to override the other directors and management team you know he he is now an employee of this company and he'll have input but he's not ultimately going to have the final say and he won't have the ability to bully other people around in order to get his way and i hope that means that he'll be a good citizen and uh uh, you know, a corporate citizen, I mean, and uh, and and respect the the decision making that goes on, because I think Ari Emanuel would absolutely have the power to push him off the board and remove him as an officer if if he got out of control, which, uh, you know, is not out of the question. He's certainly been out of control in the past. Yes. Um, how do you feel about the the, you know, same week layoffs and cutbacks? Um, you know, no corporation is obligated to continue to pay employees forever i mean that so i mean that's just their business they want to make money if you are a value to them they will keep you if you aren't a value to them they will let you go that's the crass but also sort of what you sign up for when you decide to work for someone instead of start your own business you're at their mercy and they're the ones who who decide if if you're worth keeping when there's a merger of sorts, which has sort of happened here, um, there's going to be, you know, the, the, the UK term redundancies, um, where the feeling is we don't need two sets of people, um, you know, in a certain role. And this happens a lot when this kind of thing happens. When, what was it, AT&T and, and uh, uh, T-Mobile, are they the ones who merged? Whatever. You know, when mobile companies, they don't keep two corporate headquarters. They you know, merge them and people get cut. Um, so this isn't like outlandishly unusual is my point. But there are some names who have been really instrumental in building WWE into the company that had the value it had. And it, of course, is is going to feel distasteful, leave a sour taste in people's mouths, seem unfair or just unfortunate. And, you know, there's a lot of people looking for work in it. You know, WWE's loss might be AEW's gain. There might be some really smart, savvy people who can help AEW in areas of need. Um, but happening just, you know, within the same week just feels like, all right, we've, we've just been itching to let a bunch of people go because, um, boy, they did not take uh, take much time to do it. Uh, Jake, how, how do you feel about how this is being handled in, in terms of what has been reported so far? I, I don't find any of it particularly shocking. Um, you know, Endeavor, you know, I guess it's, uh, I'm trying to think of the, you know, the different names that it's taken over the years. You know, it's William Morris Endeavor and then, WMEIMG and you know there, there's all kinds of names for the uh, you know the, the different companies and subsidiaries that are a part of Ari Emanuel's uh, big library of uh, of corporate entities and uh, to you know that he's he's got a lot of people that work for him doing different things and if you've ever been a part of a merger and I've been a part of 
several of them over my lifetime working in corporate America, they essentially mashed these two org charts together. You know, right. WWE had its had its two uh, you know had it had all of its list of people working in different departments and Endeavor or you know the former UF whatever company they put together for the former UFC had its you know people in marketing and IT and human resources and accounting and and you know all these different portions of a business and you know, all the people that were working in both companies are unfortunately you know no longer necessary there's not all enough work to keep everybody who is employed in every department in both companies there and uh you know i've i've survived uh mergers i got let go during a merger it's just sort of part of the way that these businesses are done and unfortunately what endeavor and wwe uh promised their investors when they merged these two companies together was you know one of the worst corporate buzzwords in the world is synergy and (laughs) That's what that's what you end up with is we we will streamline our operations by, you know, keeping the best talents from both companies and and, you know, putting them together under a single org chart so that we're leaner and meaner. And we're, you know, all those you know buzzwords that they use in front of the stock market. And it's really just another word for saying we're going to cut as many costs as possible. And so I, I think people who are making a lot of money uh, were probably high on the target list, unfortunately. You know, if you were with WWE for a really long time and you were collecting a big salary and there was somebody at UFC who has been, you know, who was doing similar work but not taking as much pay, uh, guess what? The person who's cheaper is probably going to be there and the vice versa. And And so that's just the, the nature of these things. And it's terrible, and I feel awful for people who are losing their jobs. It's it's not something that, uh, that you know, is a positive day in your life, but hopefully they'll all land on their feet and, and find other work. You know, it's just the way the way it works when corporate America decides to smash two companies together. It's, it's, not, uh, it's not great. Yes, absolutely. Every Sunday night, catch Wrestling Night in America on PWTorchDailyCast.com, hosted by me, PW Torch columnist Greg Parks. Each week, I'll welcome a co-host from the Torch family to discuss the big shows in pro wrestling, taking your calls and emails. You can listen live most weeks beginning at 8 p.m. Eastern. On Sunday nights with a WWE or Impact pay-per-view, we go on the air at the conclusion of that pay-per-view. You can listen live, but of course the full show is available for download on demand anytime shortly after it airs. Visit PWTorchDailyCast.com and click the live stream link to find the next scheduled live show link. Search PWTorch in Apple Podcasts or your podcast app to subscribe. Wrestling Night in America every Sunday, PWTorchDailyCast.com. Um, what do you fear? Uh, maybe fear is overstating it, but what what concerns do you have about what could happen with WWE with this merger being so closely affiliated with USC? Jason Paul and I talked earlier in the week about well, maybe they start forcing UFC talent into WWE storylines or try to cross promote. Um, other people, I think, have a point that you know they're they're probably going to want to stay separate, and people know. Um, you know, in both companies that that they're gonna they're gonna 
talk anyone out of it who thinks what a great idea it is because you know UFC fans probably don't want to watch WWE in large numbers a large percentage of UFC fans don't want their uh their their UFC fighters to be messing around with that fake stuff and WWE fans don't want some interloper coming in and acting like a big shot when you know they think that that Cody is a bigger deal than anybody in UFC um my thinking is we're not going to get a lot of that but but I think it's a it's a fair concern to have a fair point to bring up and there frankly might be times where it makes sense but it, it should certainly be rare and few and far between in my opinion when it just everybody agrees it's better um so you can talk about that or anything else that you think might be a concern based on what could happen from a wrestling fan perspective what affects them and their enjoyment of the product well i i think the fear really be, you know it's mostly you know the issues that you you spoke about, but it, I think it all boils down to you know you have fifty one percent of this TKO group holdings being held by you know Endeavor and Ari and you know the the assets that belong to UFC and and, and that whole business, and so you know there may come a point when people who uh, you know, who don't really know the wrestling business all that well are in a position to have an out, you know, an inordinate effect on the on-screen product. And I would hope that, you know, whether it's Ari or his, you know, or, or the other executives uh, are are listening to the ideas of people who have a lot more familiarity with the products. And that comes with, you know, that's both on the wrestling side and the MMA side of the business and not trying to, you know, force the, the bad ideas of people disconnected from the fan bases and the products uh, through because somebody wants to prove their worth as a, uh, as a contributor to the company, so to speak. So it all really comes down to management style. Uh, You know, does this new leadership group, trust the people who have the most familiarity with the product and know the fan base or are they going to think that they have the right ideas and and try to force things that may you know that may not be what wrestling fans are looking for or what mma fans are looking for and i i hope that's not the case but that's that's my biggest fear that it's you know you're going to end up with uh you know like a like a jim Hurd wcw situation where they're going to be unhappy with the performance or the growth of uh of either of these products long term and it's not turning the profits that the company was looking for and so they promote some empty suit to run the you know the the wwe division of this new company and they end up you know essentially meddling in something that they don't really understand i think that's my biggest uh that's my biggest concern at this point yes yes all right this is a uh last call for anyone who wants to chime in on the choice wwe may or may not have uh for roman reigns at wrestlemania uh, uh the rock or cody um do you like the idea of la Knight um being next up um and agree with what jake and i said about um maybe trying to get that scratch that itch that fans have i know i see matt amy jay valentino some other people some other regulars on hold who haven't hit one yet um we haven't heard from our outside correspondent yet so we might not actually stand there long enough to to hear from chris tonight uh, maybe traffic's bad or something came up um but uh jake in the meantime i want to throw to you and have you tell people about your involvement with processing.net and how they can read and hear more from you 
Yeah, you can find me over at ProWrestling.net. I do the weekly uh, SmackDown review uh, or transcript on the website that you can read on Friday nights during the show. I also do the uh, the audio review exclusive for members for the SmackDown broadcast. I join Jason Powell weekly on the .NET weekly audio show, which is our, our flagship show for members, and also for pay-per-view audio reviews for both AEW and WWE. And you can find out more about that and all the membership stuff over at pwmembership.net. Very good. All right. I've uh, cajoled Jay into uh, pushing one and joining the show. Uh, Jay from Michigan, welcome. Um, what's in your mind about SmackDown and our topic list today? Can you hear me, Wade? Yeah, sure can. Thanks, thanks for having me. Um, I, I have to be honest. I just called and tuned in. So I haven't heard anything besides this conversation you guys have been having, but I did hear you drop my name as far as being on hold, so I figured <laughs> yep. I'd get off hold. My thoughts, my thoughts, because I'm assuming you guys are talking about the possibility of a Rock and Roman match at Mania. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't see how you don't do it. You know what I mean? If you got the Rock, there's, there's no other match for him, and you would want the Rock. So, yeah, I don't, I don't see how you don't do that. I don't know what that means for Cody. I, I mean, I would assume that he's probably going to – they're going to have to shift him to maybe going after Seth Rollins and you turn Rollins heel and, you know, go for that title. But I don't think – I don't think you can't – I don't see how you don't do that match. You know, he was on – I know he was on the Pat McAfee show earlier today talking about how they had the match in place for WrestleMania 39 and they were going to do it, but they couldn't agree upon the story coming out of it. So – you know, we he said he was free for 40. You know, I mean, I think this USC TKO thing plays a huge role in what they want to do. And if you got a chance to get The Rock and The Rock wants to do it, that's the only thing that's, <laughs> you're doing it. Now, uh, Jay, earlier Jake brought up, um, you know, that Rock's real particular about not wanting to lose a fight scene in a movie. And I brought up, you know, my experiences with Rock and, and how particular he is about his public image. And within WWE... There's life after Rock. There's life after WrestleMania. Things are going well. Cody is popular. You go, you know, what you're saying is is sort of makes sense. Like, oh, if you can get Rock, do it. I get that as the initial take. And I bet, you know, most people in WWE would feel that way. That it would, you know, bring WrestleMania to, to a higher level than a Cody match in terms of mainstream perception. But what if Dwayne The Rock Johnson wants things done his way? And I'm not saying it's like an unfound, like it's uh out of proportion egomaniac on the run, but just he's got his way that he wants things done. And he thinks he's earned the right to decide what happens or veto things, including the storyline that makes the most sense to the people who are completely immersed every day of their lives in telling the bloodline story, planning it out, um, discussing it and, and thinking about, you know, what they're going to do with Cody, what they're going to do at WrestleMania, what they're going to do after WrestleMania. And what if The Rock's like, oh, I don't, I'm not feeling it. You know, the old Hogan thing in WCW, I'm not feeling it. I don't want to do that. Let me, let's go in and let's give him a rock show. We'll do this and this and this and on people's elbow. And then, and then, you know, like, what if it just, like, if, if you were facing that, Jay, and you're Roman, Reigns, Paul Levesque, Paul Heyman, everybody involved in this, do you just give in to whatever The Rock wants because it's The Rock? Or... If that is the scenario, if it's Dwayne The Rock Johnson's out for himself 
and isn't all that interested in being part of WrestleMania unless he gets to kind of do things the way that he wants to do them for himself. Do you still say yes to that? Do you still make it happen? So now I have to add, I have to answer that question by first asking a question. Sure. Because again, I haven't really heard a lot of comments on that. Is that the Rock's thing? Because yes. I haven't really heard historically that he's really hung up on the wins and losses aspect. However, I have heard recently, and I've heard I may have heard you make the case once or once or twice about this whole. He's very conscious and very uh, particular about his image as it pertains to, you know, since he's been in the movie. So I don't I don't know if it would come to that, but I feel like you're going to have a problem either way. And I'm going to say that because you don't have the rock. The, the rock should not win this match. Yeah. But again, you're having another WrestleMania that Roman Reigns does not lose the title. And now you've gotten Cody completely out of that picture, you know, and his moment is gone. So you can't. You can't possibly think that they're going to wait till WrestleMania 41 to have Cody lose. I mean, cover on their hand in because like now you're running the risk of like we don't know where Cody's going to be at that point. Like my opinion is, yeah, Cody should be the guy. But again, if you have the Rock, you got to go with the Rock. However, it has to be for Roman to win. But you're still going to run into the same problem as far as like what are we doing post Mania if you have Roman win again. <laughs> so I guess that's my answer. Like. There's there's no real the only real good answer is Cody Rhodes should win the title at WrestleMania 40. So you would vote for Cody Roman over Rock Roman at WrestleMania 40, even though you started by saying if you can get Rock Roman, you got to do it. I mean, I mean, if 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 Rock isn't okay. or so yeah, clarify your your stance. Okay, so let me clarify. If you get if you can get the rock, you have to do it. That's that's okay. not my that's not my wrestling fan talking. Okay. That's my that's my WWE smart fan talking. Yeah. And that's my knowing that that's what they would do if that were the case. My preference is yes, mm. Cody versus Roman. Cody versus Roman finish the story. But if the rock is in the picture, I can say with pretty good confidence that is going to be rock and Roman. So that was really that's that's the clarification. Uh, uh, Jake, what, how do you feel about that? How far should WWE and Roman Reigns and Paul Levesque and Paul Heyman and everybody involved in the Bloodline storyline how subservient should they be to the Almighty Dwayne the Rock Johnson in 2024 if he is living up to his you know or, or you know matching his reputation of being very particular about, um, you know, how he's used. And maybe that's in a way that doesn't, um, quote, give back or leave WWE stronger other than the business and, and eyeballs and attention that he draws from being part of the show. Jay. Yeah, I, I don't think you sacrifice your long-term goals to accommodate The Rock if he's if he's being unreasonable about the way that he is going to get used. You know, I think the... You know, Wade, you alluded to what we were talking about earlier, where, you know, he famously had a conflict with Vin Diesel over the Fast and Furious films because he he was contractually, you know, arranging ways where he never lost a fight on film. And if you're if you're essentially carrying that over into the pro wrestling scene, you know, if he doesn't want to do 
the job clean or if he's asking for unreasonable accommodations to give him cover that makes Roman look weak or whatever the case may be, then I, I don't know that I would go out of my way to accommodate him because you're already going to sell out two nights in Philadelphia. It's already a record house for them. Uh, you know, I know the rock would probably put more eyes on the show on Peacock, but I mean, to be frank, that does not really give the company any more money than they would gain from whatever they're contractually obligated to get paid. And so, I mean, I, I think you do business with him if he's willing to be, you know, if he's willing to fit into the, you know, your plans, but I, I would not bend over backwards just to get, you know, the, the, an aging rock who probably can't deliver you as good of a match as, as Cody would deliver on your WrestleMania card. That's just my personal take. Yeah, no, I, I, I think you are probably on the page that WWE is when it comes to this. Um, you know, Rock wants yeah. to do it, but I don't think he wants to do it in a way that would be necessary for everyone in WWE to agree to it for the reasons you said. Not to mention ego and pride that business is better now in so many ways than when Rock was on top. And, you know, I could imagine there being some people going, wait a second, have you looked around? Do you, do, do you look do you look at our quarterly statements? Do you understand, you know, that we're on Fox? Yes, drawing way, way fewer people on Raw and SmackDown than when Rock was on top. But it's a different TV landscape. But ticket buying public, how many people are watching WrestleMania, um, overall revenue, licensing deals, all of that. I mean, it's not like it's. It's not like Rock can walk in and go, well, let me save this this company that, that needs me. So anyway, uh, Jay, it sounds like you're uh, interested in uh, chiming in. What, what, have you, what would you like to add? You don't have to wait for the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Post Show to find out what I thought of Monday Night Raw and SmackDown each week. You can check out my reports that are updated live throughout Raw and SmackDown at pwtorch.com. My written report will tell you what's happening in detail in case you missed the show, and it'll also analyze key segments and give my random thoughts and quips on what I am watching as it airs. So check it out every Monday night and Tuesday night at pwtorch.com. That also applies to WWE pay-per-views. I cover those live at pwtorch.com with a detailed written report with star ratings. And of course, you can find other TV reports from other contributors to PW Torch, such as NXT, ROH Impact Wrestling, and more. Check it out, pwtorch.com, your first stop for TV and pay-per-view written reports. I am Who's the gentleman that's hosting with you tonight? Uh, Jake Barnett. Jake, Jake, Jake. Sorry I didn't catch your name, but I definitely know who you are, man. Um... My question is this, when you say in a way that's beneficial to the business or makes Roman look stronger, weak, like, first off, I think that we've made a lot of people on the roster. Well, let me say it like this. What is the definition of having Roman look strong when he's won so many matches not with, with, without there being a clean finish, including last year's WrestleMania? So are we saying because it's the rock? and he hasn't wrestled in X amount of years, that he should be able to beat him cleanly? Or even if he doesn't beat him clean, and as long as he wins, like, the, what is 
what is really the negative impact on Roman Reigns? And furthermore, what is the, like, I guess you can say positive impact of, because I feel like he's going to win. And I don't even think, whatever Rock's reputation may be, I think that he would see the bigger picture, and especially with it being his family. So, you know, I think that he would put him over, and if it, it wouldn't really have to be a clean finish because Roman doesn't win most of his matches clean. So I don't see there really being an um, issue there. I just think that, again, we're falling into the problem of what are you going to do after WrestleMania once Roman is a champion again? Yeah, I, I wouldn't think that the holdup would be um, you know, oh, Reigns needs to beat Rock decisively and cleanly. I think the idea would be Rock has to blend into the story that's being told and not have it be Rock kind of going through the motions of the best, the, the greatest hits of Rock and that they'd want him to really understand and and integrate into the story with a certain number of dates and 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 kind of basically being told what to say uh because he's probably not super up to date on you know the last few years of of what's been going on with all the all the moving parts and characters um and I do think there's some people who are just kind of protective of Cody and and you know keeping the people who are on full time in that spot um you know I know CM I was you know CM Punk was like oh why why is a part timer coming in and uh in stealing main events and I think there was a much better case to be made back then that Rock had more value as a 40-ish year old guy, not that far removed compared to today from being a full-time guy. But the business has moved on and gone to different places. Um, Jake, what do you think? You know, the deal breaker would be from a Reigns, Levesque, Heyman standpoint um, with how Dwayne Johnson wanted to do things. Like, what do you think they would ask of him that that he might be like, oh, I, I don't, I'm not feeling that. Like. Where would that? Where would the specifics be that would lead to maybe an impasse of Rock wanting to do it, which I've heard he wants to. It seems pretty clear today. He wants it. He wanted it, and he would still want it. Yet, it, it, it's not happening, um, and I don't think it's going to happen next year uh, either. Despite all this, um, unless Nick Khan flexes some muscles or something like that. Um, so, yeah, what, what do you think the impasse would be, Jake? I think it really depends on what what accommodations he's asking for. I, I can only, I, I don't know what that is, and I, I don't know what they're asking him to do. But I guess if I was in WWE's shoes and I was negotiating with him, uh, just knowing how how you know how he he does not he's very conscious of his public image, and he does not like to be to appear uh weakened or defeated you know in in a in any significant way on film and i assume that would translate to a similar opinion about uh about wrestling appearances you know he always uh likes to come out on top in some way and so you know if, if what he's asking for in order to take a loss is to essentially leave the bloodline visually looking so you know, overpowered and defeated by him that, you know, they continue on, you know, into the months after WrestleMania, but they've lost and been diminished in a way that they, you know, whoever ends up beating Roman feels like they're not getting, you know, the full weight of that prize, then I would, I would turn him down. You know, that, that's, that would be my red line, you know, where I, I would not accommodate the rock. I would want to make sure that if, you know, if we're going to 
push aside Cody or whoever your your alternate is for the Rock at WrestleMania in order to put him in there, then it has to the victory that Roman attains over him has to be strong enough that when he eventually does lose to whoever the chosen person is to that he's handing off that unified championship to, it has to feel like they've finally slayed the dragon and not, you know, a weakened one that the rock actually defeated except for he slipped on a banana peel at the end and and lost anyway, you know, that, that would be where I'm coming from. Yep. That makes sense. Uh, Jay, any uh, closing words for us? Yes. Um, I guess, man, ultimately with where we're at currently, what what really is a compelling story for Roman and The Rock to get into the ring outside of it just being like a name brand thing? Because I feel like it was way more it was way more compelling and set up for Roman and The Rock to face um, last year at Mania. But now it's like with this convolution of the bloodline and like, you know, I don't I don't feel like I feel like we just get into a state where. Is just a Roman Rock legacy match because I don't think the I don't think the bloodline story is at its peak anymore, and I don't really see like what I don't see where we're going if we do have that match. Like you know, if the issue was the story last year, what what is better about the story this year? Yeah, good question, Jay. Um, thanks for calling up and and uh, chiming in. Um, I would, I've always thought, you know, the idea would be Rock would show up and go, oh, head of the table. That's what you're calling yourself. Um, and, you know, Rock might imagine that that would be what he'd do. But maybe maybe Rock doesn't want to do that. Maybe Rock wants it to be, you know, legend versus legend and not be part of a bloodline storyline. But my thinking is the idea would be Rock would come in and be involved with Jimmy and Jay and Solo and Heyman in talking about Roman but there's the risk that Rock shows up and Roman looks secondary in the context of sharing screen time in a storyline with a Rock that WWE and Roman in particular are not interested in participating in so if you don't take that approach and the idea is you know treat them as equals if Rock is a babyface and and Roman's the heel you still are going to have Roman sort of being the one who, in theory, is showing ass, especially if ultimately Roman sneaks out with a with a with a win. That, but maybe with interference, if Rock is even willing to do that, I would hope he would be. Um, but storyline wise, I mean, I think there's still a story to be told there of Rock, you know, influencing what's happening. I mean, you could see Roman and Jimmy against Rock and Jay as even a WrestleMania-worthy match, where you're not leaning on Rock for a singles match, but you have, you know, two sides of the bloodline going at it. But maybe maybe you look at SummerSlam next summer for that instead, and then there is no universal title, undisputed title at stake, and it's you do Cody Roman also, and maybe that's something that, that everyone can be on the same page on. Um, uh, Jake, you can respond to what I said or just respond to, to Jay's final question. Well, I, I think Jay's right in, in terms of you know the bloodline story being off of its peak. You know, it, it's certainly not where it was. Uh, you know, six months ago, the uh, the issue with with the Rock coming in now is that you do have to contrive 
a reason for for him to be there and to have a conflict with Roman. And, you know, they've they've had a lot of allusions to, you know, to tribal elders and, you know, how they exert influence on the proceedings of things. Uh, You know, they they arrange for that tribal combat match with with Jay and Roman to to resolve that issue, for instance. And so maybe that's the easiest way to, to get where they're going is, you know, Roman's out of control or he's losing control of the bloodline and they are trying to pull the thing back together. And that means calling in, you know, the biggest gun that they have and that's then that's the rock and so i think the story is still attainable and you could still make it fit into the logic of of the things that have been taking place uh you know since SummerSlam. uh but they you know they have you know sort of convoluted the thing because well and i don't know why roman's currently not around if he's just on vacation or if he's nursing injury or or whatever the case may be, uh, you know, but his absence has caused them to go in a couple of different directions and they'll, they'll have to pull that back together if they want to unite the bloodline again to tell one singular story heading into WrestleMania. Yep, makes sense. All right, we'll go to uh, Spencer in Joliet, Illinois next and then Ashley in Orlando on deck. Uh, Spencer, welcome. Um, what are your thoughts on our discussion tonight? Hi, how you guys doing tonight? Good, hey. good. Hey, uh, so uh, I want to continue talking about the whole rock situation. Yeah. And I think that there's a way that WWE could have their cake and eat it too. I think that they could do, they could just say, you know what, if the rock is down for it, they could just say rock night one, Cody night two. Now you could say that's predictable that Roman would win night one to face Cody in night two. But in, to me, in this case, predictability wouldn't be bad because Roman should beat The Rock anyway. So if you could have you could have Roman pull double duty, and you could still so you could have your Rock match night one main event, and then you could still do Cody night night two main event, and then Cody could still have his coronation because now Roman just came off of beating. The Rock, a legend, another legend under his belt. And so now Cody just beat Roman, the guy that just beat The Rock, who's beaten Cena, uh, Brock, Goldberg. Basically, Roman's gone through all the legends anyway and beaten them. So why not just do him night one and then Cody night two? I could see WWE because that's the way of, of them just, you know, having their cake and eating it too, having it, having it both ways. What do you guys think about that? Yeah, I mean, Seth Rollins might have something to say about it. Maybe the, 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 the top women in the company would have something to say about Roman having the main event slot both nights. Although you could you know make a case you could open night one with Roman Rock and then close night two with Roman Cody or something like that. Uh, Jake, what do you think about Spencer's idea? I don't even know what kind of number they need to write down on a piece of paper to make Roman work both nights at WrestleMania, but uh, I imagine it would be pretty hefty. Uh, but I, 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 I can't rule it out as being you know, a, a decent compromise if they want to try to satisfy every aspect of of the fan base, you know, the people who mm-hmm. want to see the rocks, people who want to see Cody finish the story. Uh, I, I, I just don't know how likely that all is. You know, would Cody be willing to accept beating a weakened Roman Reigns who just had a main event type match the night before? I, I, I don't know. That's a good, it's a good question. If you could satisfy all parties involved by, by, by reaching that kind of compromise, it's, it's an interesting idea though. 
Yeah, I mean, there's, you know, maybe part of Roman that's like, well, you know, the way he works, it's not taking a bunch of bumps and a bunch of dives. And he might be thinking, hey, working both nights of WrestleMania, two main, two mega main events on one weekend, it starts, I shouldn't say it starts, it, it would add to the resume of him as the GOAT, not John Cena, not Stone Cold, not... Uh, Hulk Hogan, not Bruno Sammartino, you know, puts him more in Mount Rushmore territory of, yeah, I, I was in the two biggest matches of WrestleMania on one weekend. And the drop-off after both of my matches was pretty big in terms of what drove interest in viewership. So, yeah, I mean, you know, Spencer, I'm, I'm with Jake. I mean, I, I think it, you know, there's, there's certainly some things that might work against it. And Roman might be like, you know, no, I don't want to work twice. And I don't what and the things you know that are at issue with that might be at issue with Rock and Roman or Rock and WWE maybe more specifically in terms of the story you know that might still be present but maybe that is maybe that is the 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 workaround you also have the issue of Cody not getting to be the center of attention going into Mania because it's split you know Cody gets half the hype does he end up with less of a rub if he ultimately beats Roman, or does he get more because Rock brings more eyeballs? Uh, Spencer, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think I think he gets more because at the end of the day, he's the <clears throat> he's the last thing people are going to see. He's the last thing people are going to see Sunday night at whatever time it ends. That's 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 the end. You don't. <clears throat> so there is no. People had 24 hours to digest. You know, we saw The Rock. And like I said, The Rock should lose to Roman anyway. So there's nothing wrong with doing it night one and, you know, somebody, you know, thinking that, you know, this is predictable because if if it happens at SummerSlam next year or whenever, he should win. So I think Cody should think of it as at the end of WrestleMania, when WrestleMania is all said and done, I'm the one that's going to be holding the belt, the title, beat Roman Reigns after, you know, close to four years, four years now, he's finished the story. And to how you said, you know, maybe the women would have an issue or Seth Rollins would have an issue. We have to think about it. It's been two years. Last year, the tag teams uh, main evented. And then the year before, the last quote-unquote match, the last thing we saw on night one, was Stone Cold and and Kevin Owens, yeah. And Stone Cold, uh, the 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 biggest star, biggest star of all time. You know, Rock right up there, but the biggest star of all time. That was no issue. I I didn't hear anybody saying why is Stone Cold taking a taking away a potential you know women's main event or something else. You know, the biggest star. It it was a it was a. Kevin Owens did a great job, and everybody was happy after night one of WrestleMania. So I think, conversely, this could be this could be that same way. The Rock isn't going over. The Rock isn't winning the title. You know, you could just still do the. It can be the whole family, and and I think and I think The Rock would you know do the right thing. I ha- I think The Rock has no problem losing the Roman Reigns in the middle of the ring. That's his family. He's been in the business. His, you know, his whole life, you know, I get the whole thing with the acting, but I think when, when it comes to this, the, when it comes to this, the rock knows that, you know, what it, it, it's no problem losing in the center of the ring. He's done it plenty of times before. I mean, he, the man lost to the hurricane 
on an episode of Monday Night Raw when he was already <laughs> uh, like the biggest star. So I think that I think that in the end it'll be it'll be it'll be fine, and I don't think The Rock would try to pull some ego trip or say you know I'm I'm bigger than this, so I could you know do this. So I don't think that would happen. Me personally, that's my th- that's my opinion on the whole on the whole matter. Well, well put, Spencer. Thank you. Appreciate you calling. Yes, no problem. You guys have a good night. Yeah, you too. Enjoy the weekend. Need an extra dose of positivity in your wrestling podcasts? Well, come join me, Alan Forel, over in the Pro Rest Paradise at Peter Torch VIP as we bask on the bright side of wrestling and focus on some of the great matches and shows from around the world, be it the US, Japan, Europe, or Mexico. There's always a place for wrestling's past in the paradise too, and we've done fun historical shows such as the We Love Liger series, celebrating the glorious career of Jushin Thunder Liger, and our I Was There When shows, where a guest will join me to talk about a classic bout that they were in attendance for. We love variety, and you can expect lots of it at the Pro Rest Paradise. Detailed PW Torch VIP subscription information and a list of all the VIP benefits is available at pwtorchvipinfo.com. And yes, all VIP podcasts are compatible with popular podcast apps on iPhone and Android devices. Or you can stream them directly from our ad-free VIP mobile site. See you in the paradise! Uh, Jake, anything you want to add with Spencer just added to the conversation? No, I, I think there's a lot of unknowns there. And yeah. you, you, know, you brought up a lot of plausible points. Yep. So I, I guess we're all just going to have to wait and see at this point. Yep, a- absolutely. All right, uh, let's go to uh, Ashley in Orlando next. Uh, Ashley, welcome to the conversation. Uh, what's on your mind? Hey guys, thank you so much for having me. I know it's, it's late, so I'll try to keep it brief. Um, and not to keep beating the same Rock, Roman, Horn that everyone's beating tonight. But um, and again, if you if you brought this up towards the beginning, I apologize. But real quick, my idea, um, maybe kind of a different route that may check all the boxes. Um, because my idea, kind of taking it back to SummerSlam when Jimmy returned and cost Jay the match with Roman, was that we were lead to a fatal, well, not fatal four, but a four-way match at Survivor Series between the Bloodline, and then that would break off to the Rumble with possibly um, Jimmy costing Jay or Jay costing Jimmy, you know, or eliminating each other at the Rumble to set up their one-on-one match at Mania. Um, so that kind of takes care of them. You still have Solo with Roman, of course. But maybe, and I don't know how sacrilegious this may be or how maybe veering off of the story for Cody, this may be, but cause to me, my understanding of the whole finish the story part with Cody was he just needs to win that title, right? So does it necessarily have to be at WrestleMania? Possibly. Now this may be, again, crazy. Maybe we have Cody versus Roman at the Rumble to for their rematch. Um, obviously, it's not going to be at Mania in my little scenario, but with the whole draft to, or who's going to be moving over to SmackDown that could answer that question with Cody moving over to SmackDown to kind of speed this up. That takes care of Cody getting his mm-hmm. rematch. And again, I know it's not ideal with it not being at Mayhem, but at least Cody has this feel-good moment that sets up his match possibly against LA Knight at one of the nights, maybe on night one for WrestleMania. So then you have Roman not going in as a champion to face The Rock, so there's no issue there with Rock even needing to mention the title at all at that point. 
um, where he can just reference the historic reign that Roman has been on. Because Roman's already checked his boxes off, too, right? He's already hit his 1,000-day mark, the three-year mark. So I don't know any other monumental milestone that's coming up anytime soon in that regard. Um, and then, yeah, and then it, it frees Seth up as well to, to keep possibly or whoever he's going to go uh, defend his title against at uh, WrestleMania as well. So to me, that could be a possibility. Again, I know the the main like storybook ending for Cody would be to win it at Mania. But, at, I mean, hey, going into Mania, defending the World Heavyweight Championship that you that you wanted, that was your whole storyline, right? Mm-hmm. And the, the championship that your father never had and all that. I think that's a pretty good, I mean, yes, it's not winning. And I was in the camp that I wanted him to win at Mania this past year. And I still think he probably should have. Um, but, yeah, what do you guys think about that? And who would Cody's opponent be at Mania then? Um, possibly like an L.A. Knight, um, since they'll both be on SmackDown. And if L.A. Knight stays on his path, he can have a good showing at the Rumble, possibly win the Rumble, since Cody would be in his one-on-one match with Roman at that point. Um, so that could be a good showing for L.A. Yeah. Knight. Maybe have him enter in like the early numbers. Maybe not number one, but possibly before 10, so he has a good showing. You know, puts forth that effort, kind of like Gunther did last year. Um, so, yeah, just some thoughts you could, there. You could do Solo, too, if they really want to get behind Solo and – give him a big match, you know, against a big name like Cody yeah. in a title match at Mania, and he's going to be more full-time. Roman pulling back from, you know, anything close to a full-time schedule. Maybe that that works in a heel-face matchup too. Uh, Jake, what do you think about Ashley's uh, suggestion here, that scenario, give Cody the title at the Rumble, that, you know, if he moves over to SmackDown sooner, then it eliminates him needing to win the Rumble. Uh, the Rumble winner can it can be solo, or the Rumble winner could be the person who faces Seth. And maybe Seth opens up night one of WrestleMania uh, and kicks things off. Um, a lot of different ways that could go, but her scenario does work also in addition to um, the idea of, of uh, back-to-back matches on two nights for Roman. Yeah, I think it could work if if you could get The Rock to buy in to having a non-title match and having somebody already had have beaten Roman uh, you know, to come in and and still yeah. have the match at WrestleMania, I think that would be your biggest hurdle at that point. Was like, a, yeah. I, I think a, a big selling point to The Rock would be, oh, we, you know, this guy's been the champion for you know, for four years, and you know, the, this family story has been the essentially the overarching story of WWE during that time period, and uh, you know, t- to have that story essentially you know, wind down. Uh, and, you know, I, I guess I, you, you'd probably have to do a lot of uh, smoothing over about what's at stake in order to, to have him come in and do it. But if you could, I think, it, yeah, it certainly checks all the boxes. You know, you could you could have, uh, if you have Cody win at the Rumble, then, you know, he, he could face Solo, as you said, or Rollins or Gunter or LA Knight or or any anybody they had pegged for yeah. for that spot. Um, yeah, you know, Gunther could win the Rumble. Gunther could win the Rumble, and the whole thing is, is he going after Cody or Seth? And that turns into a big announcement. Right, and yeah. and so there's there's plenty of angles there to, yeah. that you could work it out. I, I just yeah. think it's you know how do you talk the Rock into this idea, and you know is he still willing to come in if the fight is essentially just over the the mantle of tribal chief instead of you know having all of the grandiosity of the of the you know the, the long title reign and roman being unbeaten if all that is essentially off the table at that point 
Although that does free up Rock to win, but not win the title when some, you know, there's some shenanigans um, that backfire on Roman. Um, so there's that option. But you could also do Rock and Jay against Roman and Jimmy or Roman and Solo um, and make it a tag match and get, every, you know, almost everybody involved in some way um, in that match, too. And it turns into a, a special tag match. So there's various, various variations <laughs> that I think could work. And so if you ended up with Cody against Solo, Roman and J- Roman and Jimmy against uh, uh, Rock and Jay, Seth against Gunther, I mean, you're, you're stacking up a pretty good top half of the men's side of, of, uh, of a WrestleMania lineup with that mix. Uh, so, you know, and then, yeah, there's some, you know, little variations here and there that you can do, but that's one scenario. Um, Ashley, back to you for any follow-up. Uh, yeah, just my closing thoughts, and then I'll um, I guess I'll let you guys go. Um, my thought was um, how the Rock could you could kind of flip it on the Rock if, if you're WWE trying to pitch it to him would be if you go with my little scenario with Cody winning the title at the Rumble. You know, Roman could be just livid once he the the shock and and the devastation and like the agony of defeat since it sets in. He could just spaz on Solo and just start like just beating the crap out of him and just and possibly Paul um, if you want. Although I don't know why the Rock would, would care about Paul. But then you can have the Rock make a surprise. Um, I don't do it for turn, but a surprise, I guess, return at that point, um, depending on how long he stays right now. Um, a surprise return and have him come out and confront Roman and just kind of give like a stare off. And then that kind of sets the idea and the thought of him versus Roman at Mania. And to even explain why Rock would have been there to begin with, how, you know, how would he have known that Roman was going to flip out on the family, right? You can say Rock was going to be there possibly just as, as a celebratory thing. You know, he expected Roman to con- complete the and kind of just uh, mantle the story again for Cody and kind of go off of that trail. And then he would, you know, whatever reason, you can kind of just put it that way. The Rock was expecting Roman to win, and then once he saw that. But he completely flipped and spazzed out, and that's what brought him out there to, to kind of save the family and then kind of go from there and to kind of put Rock in, like, the saving grace and, like, and, and the hero role in, in that route. But like I said, it was just a, a thought yeah, good um, that I had um, leaving work. But thank you, guys. I, I appreciate your time. Yeah, thank you, Ashley. That's a uh, good contribution. Uh, Jake, any, any follow-up on her last points? No, I, th- I think they're good thoughts. You know, it, it really just boils down to, you know, what – what can you talk the rock into? Like what, 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 how, how far is he willing to go to play ball and how far are they willing to go to, to try to make it work? And uh, I, I really, I don't know where either side stands at this point. And so it's, it's really just a lot of uh, speculative thinking. And, and in addition to that, it's also um, how much does Nick Khan want it or how much power does Nick Khan have in this new scenario if he's tight with the rock and sort of is maybe, you know, not in a back channel way, because Nick Khan doesn't have the back channel, but in, in a way where he creates, you know, he and rock are kind of creating their own narrative outside the bounds of, of television that then leads fans to start imagining and wanting to see that. And does that compete with Cody? And then how, how does that all work out? I mean, it, it could lead to, you know, political turmoil it might lead to great ideas and a bigger wrestlemania than ever i mean there's a whole range of possibilities here with the limited information we have and how quickly this all came together but i would say our our you know kind of spitballing here with callers has led to a variety of scenarios that that seem at least in a you know detached 
I don't say detached from reality, but separating ourselves from maybe the politics and the particulars of the personalities on paper seems like they would be very fan-pleasing options with where it seems like everybody would win. Um, or at least nobody would lose badly enough to, to with veto power to say no way and, and ruin it. But I don't know. My hunch is Rock's not on WrestleMania next year, but I, but I'm not. But I'm, I'm certainly if he is, it makes WrestleMania bigger if they take some of the approaches that I think we've run down where it doesn't come at the expense of other things, whether that's Gunther or Solo or the Usos and especially Cody. But I think there's ways to make everybody happy, including fan, the fans. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we'll see. Stay tuned. Well, I'm sure we'll talk more about this in uh, coming days, weeks and months. Uh, Jake, is there anything else from SmackDown you want to bring up before we sign off? I think we we covered just about everything. I guess just on on your last point there, um, it, it would definitely make WrestleMania bigger uh, if if The Rock is able to to you know participate. But I think if you're WWE, you have to really answer the question: Is will it make WrestleMania better, and will it serve your long term goals six or nine months down the road from WrestleMania. And I, I mean, I can't answer that because I don't know exactly what their plans are, but they have a lot to think about and figure out financially. And maybe some of this new management will have something to say about it as time goes on too. And then how important is a bigger number on Peacock at that point, if there's no more money being made? Um, I mean, if, if it, you know, if it's an outlier pop in viewership for a WrestleMania, but it doesn't lead to you know any sort of sustained boom in business. You better make sure that it's not undercutting what you want to do for the next three, six, nine months in WWE because this isn't about trying to draw an extra half a million buys in the pre-network era. This isn't about getting an extra two hundred thousand network subscribers where they might stick around and it, it perpetually you're benefiting from it. It really is because of the way the business is set up puts WWE in a position to kind of go, well, what are you going to do for us, Rock, that is going to actually help our the, the, the metrics that we're focused on right now? And there's less of that. Um, there's less for Rock to contribute. I mean, he might sell extra T-shirts. Uh, maybe the secondary ticket market goes up. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's not like a real big difference maker in a quarterly, uh, a quarterly revenue statement based on how things are set up at this point. Uh, cool. Jake, thank you so much. Always a pleasure having you on. Thanks, Wade. Take yep. care. Thanks, everybody, for listening, and we'll uh, talk to you tomorrow night after Collision. Chris Maitland joining me to analyze uh, AEW Saturday Night Show. VIP sale alert. We're running a sale going into all in and all out as we conclude the summer. And you can get $9 off any VIP subscription, which brings a one month subscription down to just 99 cents. Just go to pwtorch.com slash go VIP. Choose a traditional VIP membership. So don't do a Patreon membership because a coupon code does not work on Patreon. And you have a choice between three coupon codes. If you think MJF is going to come out of all in as a heel, use coupon code MJF. If you think Adam Cole is going to come out of the uh, All-In event as a heel, choose coupon code COLE, C-O-L-E. 
But if you think they're going to remain friends coming out of All In, then use coupon code FRIENDS. So the choices are MJF, FRIENDS, or COLE. And when you enter that coupon code, it'll activate $9 off a one-month, three-month, or one-year subscription. Again, it's a grand total of $9 off, so it'll bring a a year subscription down to uh, $90 or a one-month sub down to $0.99. PWTorch.com slash GoVIP. That will include our all-in post-event VIP exclusive roundtable on Sunday. It'll include the all-out post-event roundtable a week from this weekend. And you can also catch up on our VIP-exclusive SummerSlam Roundtable. Plus, you get all our free shows with the ads and plugs removed and a ton of other content. And that also includes my 40-minute Keller Conversation VIP-exclusive with Sean Waltman this week talking about Terry Funk, who he wrestled 10 years ago, by the way, at an indie show and uh, also uh, was uh, on shows with him early in his career and grew up a fan of his. So, again, that's pwtorch.com slash govip. And then enter coupon code MJF if you think he's turning heel. Cole, if you think he's turning heel, or friends, if you think they stay friends. We invite you to email the show with feedback or questions or comments. That email address is wadekellerpodcast at pwtorch.com. That's wadekellerpodcast at pwtorch.com. Also, welcome your feedback on Twitter. You can follow us on Twitter at pwtorch and follow me at the Wade Keller. That's at pwtorch and at the Wade Keller. One way that you can help us sustain our schedule of putting out podcasts throughout the week is by giving us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Just go to Apple Podcasts and look for our Wade Keller Processing Podcast and Wade Keller Processing Post Show and give us a five-star rating. We hope you think we've earned that score with our fast turnaround times and our quantity and quality of wrestling analysis throughout the week. So take a moment out for us and do us a favor and give us a five-star rating at Apple Podcasts. That helps us on search returns and helps us grow. And if you want, you can add a few comments about what you like about the programs in the comments section. Thank you so much. Are you a nostalgic wrestling fan? Do you want to hear about shows you haven't seen in 10, 20, maybe even 30 years? Well, I have the show for you. I'm PWTorch.com contributor Frank Bediani, and since December of 2020, I've hosted Pro Wrestling Then and Now. Together with a rotating chair of co-hosts, we go back and review old shows from top to bottom, talk about where the wrestlers were at the time, and compare what's taking place now to what took place then. You can hear this, along with other shows, as part of your PWTorch VIP membership with exclusive podcasts just for members compatible with the Apple Podcast app. Visit pwtorch.com slash go VIP for details and sign up for them. In 2012, NXT transitioned into the developmental system and ultimately the brand you see today. On the Torch VIP podcast, NXT Eight Years Back, we'll be taking a weekly look at this page in NXT's early history. Join Kelly Wells and me, Tom Stout, from PWT Talks NXT every Saturday as we go eight years back to the day to track NXT's rising talents and why they did or didn't work out exclusively for PW Torch VIP members. Searching for more great pro wrestling talk? Then join me, Jason Powell, host of the free weekly Pro Wrestling Boom podcast. Each week, you'll hear the latest news and analysis from me and my team at ProWrestling.net, along with other pro wrestling media members. Plus, the Pro Wrestling Boom podcast features long-form interviews with notable names in the pro wrestling industry. Subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Downcast, and all your favorite secondary apps, or visit us directly at PWBoom.com. Once again, that's PWBoom.com. 
Need an extra dose of positivity in your wrestling podcast? Well, come join me, Alan Forel, over in the Pro Rest Paradise at Peter Torch VIP as we bask on the bright side of wrestling and focus on some of the great matches and shows from around the world, be it the US, Japan, Europe, or Mexico. There's always a place for wrestling's past in the Paradise too, and we've done fun historical shows such as the We Love Liger series, celebrating the glorious career of Jushin Thunder Liger, and our I Was There When shows, where our guests will join me to talk about a classic bout that they were in attendance for. We love variety, and you can expect lots of it at the Pro Rest Paradise. Detailed PWF Torch VIP subscription information and a list of all the VIP benefits is available at pwtorchvipinfo.com. And yes, all VIP podcasts are compatible with popular podcast apps on iPhone and Android devices. Or you can stream them directly from our ad-free VIP mobile site. See you in the paradise. Now that we're in the thick of summer, you might be looking for wholesome, convenient meals to support sunny, active days. Or you might just be looking for a quick meal to heat up for all the big summer pro wrestling shows that you're going to settle in for and watch at home. Well, Factor is America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit, and they can help you fuel up fast with flavorful and nutritious ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. You'll save time, eat well, and stay on track for reaching your goals. If you're too busy with summer plans to cook but want to make sure you're eating well with Factor, skip that extra trip to the grocery store, the chopping, prepping, and cleaning up, and save money compared to delivery. Plus, you don't have to wait around for it, and it's not greasy, fried stuff that's cold by the time you get it. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are ready in just two minutes, so all you have to do is heat and enjoy and then get back outside to soak up the warm weather or settle in for a good meal while watching wrestling. You can stick to your wellness goals with premium ready-to-eat meals featuring high-quality ingredients. Treat yourself to 34-plus weekly restaurant-quality options like bruschetta shrimp risotto, green goddess chicken, and grilled steakhouse filet mignon, ready in just two minutes. There are vegetarian, vegan, and protein-plus options depending on your diet choices. They also feature lunch-to-go options, effortless, wholesome meals like grain bowls and salad toppers that are ready to eat when you're on the go, no microwave required. They also have calorie-smart meals with around or less than 500 calories per serving, but the nutrient density will give you the fuel you need to get through the day. With Factor, you can rest assured you're making a sustainable choice. They offset 100% of their delivery emissions, source 100% renewable electricity for their production sites and offices, and feature sustainably sourced seafood in their meals. So this July, get Factor and enjoy eating well without the hassle. Simply choose your meals and enjoy fresh, flavor-packed meals delivered to your door, Ready in just two minutes. No prep, no mess. I am a customer. I love Factor Meals. I enjoy picking the meals out from the selection each week and looking forward to trying some new things and having some of my Factor favorites. So head to Factor75.com slash Wade50 or use code Wade50 to get 50% off. That's code Wade50 at Factor75.com slash Wade50 to get 50% off. Longing for some nostalgia? Or maybe you want to learn some wrestling history? Don't miss the 90s Passcast every Friday on the PW Torch Daily Cast feed. Alex and Patrick will transport you 30 years into the past by taking you through the Torch issue from that very week. Follow news from the WWF and WCW and all the happenings from across the wrestling industry in real time as the Torch reported it 30 years ago. That's the 90s Passcast every Friday on the PW Torch Daily Cast Feed. 
Thanks for downloading today's show. Take it to the next level with a VIP membership. Get shows like this, the Wake Keller Processing Podcast, Wake Keller Processing Post Show, and the PW Torch Daily Casts on our PW Torch VIP podcast feed with ads and plugs removed from the shows for a streamlined listening experience. And also hear the VIP exclusive shows that I host with Rich Fan and Todd Martin. Everything with Rich Fan and The Fix with Todd Martin's signature VIP series that you're missing out without a VIP membership. So go VIP here in 2022 and enjoy all the benefits all the bonus content, and the ad-free listening experience. pwtorch.com slash govip. It's a new year, so why not treat yourself to a PW Torch VIP membership and get these shows with the ads and plugs removed and a ton of VIP-exclusive audio shows such as the new Focus on AEW and Focus on WWE series that I record throughout the week. Dedicated to a focused look at WWE news and a focused look at AEW news, along with commentary, analysis, and Q&A with VIP member listeners. Plus our post-pay-per-view VIP exclusive roundtables and so much more. Plus over 35 years of archives of podcasts, radio shows, newsletters, articles. Check it out, pwtorch.com slash govip. Tells you all about membership. So why not make 2022 the year that you enjoy all the benefits that come with a PW Torch VIP membership? Every Sunday night, catch Wrestling Night in America on PWTorchDailyCast.com, hosted by me, PW Torch columnist Greg Parks. Each week, I'll welcome a co-host from the Torch family to discuss the big shows in pro wrestling, taking your calls and emails. You can listen live most weeks beginning at 8 p.m. Eastern. On Sunday nights with a WWE or Impact pay-per-view, we go on the air at the conclusion of that pay-per-view. You can listen live, but of course the full show is available for download on demand anytime shortly after it airs. Visit PWTorchDailyCast.com and click the live stream link to find the next scheduled live show link. Search PW Torch in Apple Podcasts or your podcast app to subscribe. Wrestling Night in America every Sunday, PWTorchDailyCast.com. Give yourself a reason to look forward to going to the mailbox each week with a PW Torch newsletter paper copy subscription. Details at pwtorch.com slash paper copy. It's 12 pages every week packed with my TV reports along with exclusive features such as my cover story on the top story of the week, our pay-per-view roundtable reviews from the Torch staff, exclusive feature-length columns from Greg Parks, Rich Fan, Sean Radikin, Alan Cunahan, and Zach Hadorn, Torch Talk transcripts, the latest news, and more pwtorch.com slash paper copy. Take a break from screen time and settle in every week with a mega dose of wrestling news and analysis with a Pro Wrestling Torch newsletter paper copy edition in the year 2022. You can get a full year of home delivery for just $99. Or try us for an eight-week trial subscription. pwtorch.com slash paper copy. <laughs> 